0: welcome mystorians host austin he they, she and host brenda she her have been waiting for you come along for secret histories of nerd mysteries
1: Welcome to a very special episode of Secret Histories of Nerd Mysteries. Not only is it our 60th episode, which is pretty prolific because it's 10 more than 50, we have a special guest today, or I have a special guest. (laughs) Or I I have a special guest today, because Austin's not here um austin is out on baby leave for the next couple weeks uh so it's just me i have just been handed the keys to this boat and i don't know how to drive so i've invited my friend paloma hello everybody um paloma if you will uh tell us a little bit about yourself and um what your pronouns are
0: yeah so my name's paloma my pronouns are she her I'm Brenda's good good friend and one of the four co-hosts on the podcast that we do together called Fictionality. And yeah. I uh I make zines sometimes.
1: Your avocado zine is so cool. I love oh, it. Thank you. I love it. I love that you went with like an unconventional format for both of your zines, like just like different <laughs> sizing. It's really cool.
0: Just trying to be quirky. Yeah. You know how it is. Yeah.
1: So we have a couple news things, just a little bit. It was kind of like, it wasn't a slow week for overall news, but it was a slow week for nerd news. Um, Yes. (laughs) What a week we've
0: had.
1: Oh. Um, I'm going to start out with uh, the host of Jeopardy. I forgot his name and I don't care to look it up, but Mm -hmm. he's done yin rings completely, like completely done. Big time fired big time fired. He lost his executive producer position. He lost the hosting on Jeopardy and he's in disgrace. <laughs> so yeah. thank God.
0: Yeah. I I know things uh heck up real bad, but that was really bad.
1: Yeah. It, it's wild that like this guy well one that he did all of that shit and it's like public public record. He went on a podcast and said all of that shit And then he gave himself the job of host on Jeopardy. And knowing more about him and like kind of hearing all the the stuff that's been coming out, it makes a lot more sense that he had people like Dr. Oz on as a host of Jeopardy.
0: Yeah, that I'm like, I felt like we were briefly in a period with Jeopardy where it was like 2010 and just people who were hosting who should not be hosting in 2021
1: mm-hmm exactly it felt very antiquated antiquated yeah it felt old <laughs> <laughs> like, like we've moved beyond these these people and you know we don't we don't need this on jeopardy no. we don't need this person to have like this big um platform no no mm-mm, mm-mm. so they're doing more guest hosts again <laughs> do we
0: know who the next guests are or the next couple guests
1: they haven't announced them yet. Um, I think for the next week, the specials host um, Maya Bialik. Mm. Lucky, please. Lucky's <laughs> screaming. Scram. Um, Scram. Uh, Maya Bialik will be doing hosting, but she's not going to be the permanent host. Okay. Which is good. Yeah. I don't care for her so. <laughs> no. Uh, and they'll do a couple more judges, and we don't know who they are yet but i guess this podcast has also kind of become um jeopardy host <laughs> i love that <laughs> i feel like every week we're just like and here's a new development in the search for a new host for jeopardy That's <laughs> what the people want to know they do i touched lucky's tail and he was very offended oh
0: lucky's a beautiful cat everybody if he he's one of the most precious looking cats he's a model
1: He's a model. He's got beautiful, like green eyes, mm-hmm. and like beautiful, gray speckly hair. I mean fur. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's got an orangey nose, and he has like that little
0: big freckle slash maybe mole on his muzzle or whatever you he call does. it on a cat.
1: It's just a chunk of brown fur on his nosey. <laughs> he's very cute. He's done with me petting him though. He's oh, not wow. like Angel. Oh, oh, he's not done. Oh, I, <laughs> heard, you know? I heard the demand. <laughs> he's not done yet. He really likes ear scritches. Oh. Yeah, so Paloma, you had a little bit of comic book news because you work at a comic book store, so you're more, like, in tune with everything coming out. Yes. Um, it's technically came out uh,
0: probably a couple weeks ago, but it's just something I'm very excited for. And I'm going to preface, yes, everybody... We do get too many Batman things. <laughs> However, Tom Taylor, who's currently writing the new Nightwing series, um, he's written for Boom Studio Seven Secrets, and he's been really big with DC's Deceased, which is like a zombie apocalyptic Worlds that people seem to be very into. So I like <laughs> his stuff, but... Mm-hmm. For the past two years, he's been working on this medieval fantasy world called Dark Knights of Steel, and uh, the artist is Yasmin Putri. And I would recommend looking up the covers because they're absolutely gorgeous. It's just I'm I'm a sucker for World stuff. I don't know if DC calls Same. it that anymore. I'm gonna call it that forever. But yeah, yeah,
1: and. I feel like Tom is really good because he also wrote the adaptation, like the prequel to the injustice games. Yeah. Um, And his writing in that absolutely slaps. Like people, when I mentioned that I really enjoy the injustice comics, people, including Austin tend to be like, what (laughs) you you read the injustice (laughs) comics. And I'm like, yeah, of course. Have you read them? Because they actually kind of, they're great. They're pretty great. Um, So kind of, like, taking characters and, like, putting them in new situations, like, he's very good at that. Very good writer.
0: He is. And he was saying that even though he ends up writing kind of, like, bleak, grittier things, like, with Injustice and, like, Deceased, he's really a big fantasy guy. So I'm super, Mm. super stoked. Um, The designs look great. I know there's, like, a variant cover of, like, I'm assuming is Superman, and his like D character stats if you will oh yeah it oh. just looks pretty there's uh gonna be batman superman wonder woman harley quinn and black lightning as we've seen so far and harley quinn actually looks like a court jester which is gonna be fun Ooh. yeah i'm i'm
1: pretty stoked i i might like subscribe yeah that sounds pretty cool i might try to remember to call <laughs> To call the shop and get that added to my poll, because that sounds really cool. That's one I'd like to get for... Is it, a, like, does it have, like, a definite end? Like, is it a maxi-series, so, like, I think issues? it's gonna
0: be a maxi-series. Cool. I would only that's... subscribe if it was a maxi-series, just because, uh, that's who I am now.
1: Yeah, like, you want something that has a definite end.
0: <laughs> yeah. At least for superhero stuff, I, I need that now. Yeah.
1: But he's also writing Nightwing, which you're a really big fan of, too.
0: I'm a huge fan, um... I just finished the issue of, like, the first story arc. It's going to be fun. Uh, There's a character, I don't remember if his name is called Heartless or Heart something, but he basically rips your heart out. Oh. I don't know why yet. He kind of, like, was in the first two issues, or they were kind of, like, in the first two issues, and then they came back to that final issue, and, uh, yeah, they look scary. They wear a suit, but then they have a mask
1: that sounds pretty cool though like it's hard to like have a villain that has a new thing and definitely ripping someone's heart out (laughs) is a new thing (laughs)
0: yeah i'll say uh so and i think they're talking i know it's like hard to write about real world problems because it seems like they're gonna be tackling like dick grayson is focusing on like homelessness or at least youth homelessness so we'll see how that goes
1: yeah, I know Tom Taylor because I follow him on Twitter. He's like one of the last like writers who still spends a lot of time on tr- Twitter. A lot of them have left, which fair. But he spends all of his time yelling at the Australian government about how poorly they've rolled out the vaccines and like. Oh, okay. So yeah, I'm like, okay, I think he can do it. Like he's like, just the way he posts, I'm like, okay, all right, cool, you're cool. <laughs> okay, good,
0: good, but for now, for yes. God, yes.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's getting a lot of shit for Nightwing because, like, people have, like, this weird perception of Dick Grayson that's not Dick Grayson. It's su- It's a super weird phenomenon, I've noticed.
0: Huh? What do they want him to be? I've never seen I feel like the only not very Dick Grayson, Dick Grayson allegedly I've encountered is Teen Titans Robin, but he was still a good boy.
1: There was someone who was, like, really pissed because, um, you know, like, Babs and Dick have always been, like, kind of, like, a thing, like, yeah. you know, like, on and off, like, will they won't, they- and someone was really upset, because they were like, it's the Bat family, and so they're, like, family, and I'm like, what? Huh? <laughs> no, they're not. <laughs> Barbara's lumped in there, but she has her whole own family. Yeah, she does, she has her own shit going on, like, huh? it's so much.
0: <laughs> no, I... they're not even legally adopted, they, what? <laughs> no. What?
1: Not at all. <laughs>
0: Well, that's not what I was expecting.
1: I know. I, like, remembered that sitting here, and I was like, oh, fuck, I gotta bring it up. And I, like, (laughs) peeked through the curtain of, like, comic book Twitter for five seconds, and then I slowly shut it and, like, went back to my little Discord groups. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Oh, I don't like that. I I feel like he's writing a perfect Nightwing. I feel like it's rare, even if I don't like the Nightwing series at the time, he's almost always himself, even if it's in a boring Mm -hmm. way.
1: So that's... Remember uh, Rick...
0: God, except that
1: <laughs> Scott Liddell's run on Nightwing, where like Nightwing has amnesia and he's like, "Don't call me Dick, my name is Rick," which just kind of points out how awkward does this name is
0: Dick. I know, but I'm like, it works because the character is sexy, so he can pull o- mm-hmm. he can pull off Dick. Mm-hmm. Truly, he, he can be it, perpetually it twenty four and still be Dick.
1: Yeah, it, it's, like, more awkward if you bring attention to it, honestly.
0: Yeah, and they did. Yeah,
1: they did. They did that. Truly wild. I'm trying to think if there was any other, like, pop culture news. Shang-Chi is out. The yeah. Movie, but only in theaters. Oh. So I haven't seen it.
0: <laughs> Damn. I don't know why they keep doing this movie so dirty. Because, I, again, I work in a comic book store, and... I see, like, promo materials and stuff, but they did not do a lot for Shang-Chi.
1: Yeah, and it's, like, having it only in theaters right now is um terrible idea. So, like, especially since it's, like, one second, I have to let Angel out of the basement.
0: Classic. <laughs> I feel like I'm really part of the gang.
1: Yeah, this is, like, <laughs> a classic schnome bit. I'm going to go up the stairs, pull them up
0: to you, it sounds like. I'm right here. And I have oh, my, my
1: gosh. To the microphone i'm like really far away lucky's also the best. i'm part
0: of the audio bit <laughs> i
1: feel like this stuff doesn't happen when we're doing fictionality like no angel's not as spicy at night for some reason which is really weird because he's a cat yeah <laughs> so he takes a he takes a nighttime nap usually when we're recording he'll like be like on the chair back here but for some reason 11 o'clock he's like i need to patrol my home i love that Every for him time every single time. Um but anyways, so like Shang-Chi is like their first Marvel movie with like an Asian lead.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you know, it's kind of like when they stuck Black Panther in like the February slot,
0: you know? Yeah. Like <laughs> like uh no no offense to Shang-Chi, but it's it's not going to pull those num it's not going to do what Black Panther did.
1: Mm-mm. Uh
0: like that's relying on a lot.
1: Yeah, Black Panther, like, the time it came out, had, like, a really, like, prolific, like, comic book series. He's Mm -hmm. a more well-known character. Shang-Chi's not really super well-known.
0: They've restarted Um, his series, like, I want to say at least two to three times in the past two years, if not the past mm -hmm. year. And I'm like, either don't renumber and just commit to it, or wait closer to the movie release if
1: that's what you're doing. Um, Yeah, because, like, how are you supposed to... Yeah, how are you supposed to recommend um, series to customers if you can't, like, if it just keeps restarting and it's, like, it's really confusing, like, oh, there's this run that was like this, but then, like, you got to read this one before you read this one, and then there's this one, which is really old, but, like, maybe don't read that one, and then, like, this one's good, but it was written by a white guy, you know? God, yeah,
0: <laughs> I will say right now, if I'm remembering correctly, the current run is is Gene Luen Yang, so... Oh, Pretty prolific.
1: Yeah. Okay, I didn't know that. That's good, though. But, yeah, I'm sure the previous
0: series was um a white guy, maybe, if I'm remembering right. Um, Gene
1: Luen Yang. I didn't like his Superman run. I think it was just, like, a bad, like, time for Superman. When did he write Superman? He wrote Superman for, like, was it the DC you when that started like that really awkward period between um rebirth and um new 52 where they were like we're gonna do all this stuff and they got like some really good writers and stuff and it just like didn't really nothing kind of like fell through. This was, like, a period where Superman didn't have his powers. He, like, did, like, a special move, and oh. he, like, lost all of his powers, and, like, his identity got revealed. Like, Lois revealed his identity. This was before Jane Lund Yang started writing. Oh. Um,
0: he was just set up with maybe way too much, and all the mm-hmm. ideas were maybe not thought out for him.
1: Yeah, and then John Romita Jr. was on art, so. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, sorry, Jr. Jr. I would not read that. Mm-mm. I tried, and I was just, like, <laughs> he looks like a log. <laughs> he looks like a log. Oh. <laughs> I think that's it for nerd news. Mm-hmm. I can't think of anything else. Paloma, do you have anything else?
0: Um that's it. That's it on my end. Cool.
1: So we're gonna do something a little bit different this week. I know we just had well one we had a week off, and then we had Uh, ghost movies like previous to that we're doing like a shortened like version of ghost of the movies where me and paloma watched one movie and now we're going to talk about it so this episode might be a little bit shorter and so will maybe the episodes coming up be a little bit shorter but you know there's a lot happening right now yeah (laughs) so yeah paloma what movie did we watch
0: yes we watched honestly one of my new favorite films called Words bubble up like soda pop. It's a Japanese animated film. And it was beautiful. I actually have information on who produced it and directed it like a professional. Nice. Um, it was produced by Sublimation and Signal MD and directed by Kyohei Ishiguro, who his debut was Your Line April and has also worked mm. on I think more recently the series the anime adaptation of children of Wales
1: oh neat um this movie actually had like a simultaneous release through Netflix so it got like a theatrical release in Japan and then the day that happened it got a um, Netflix release everywhere else that's pretty cool yeah um I didn't see a lot of advertising for it I saw none I'm... yeah absolutely none like it wasn't like oh this movie's gonna be the next big thing because i feel like everyone's kind of like vying to like be studio ghibli i feel like they're like this is the next ghibli this is ghibli-esque and it's it's really not but i really like that we're getting anime movies that aren't like ghibli movies
0: me too like i do really i haven't seen a lot of ghibli films but i do really like them and they're they just tell stories so beautifully um but I do like this new wave of, of not Ghibli, but just as fun and, I think, pensive and quiet mm-hmm. as they
1: can be. It's not as, like, intense as, um, Your Name? Yes. God, <laughs> Your Name, like, fucking wrecked me! Ooh! <laughs> I can't remember.
0: I know there are two big director guys. There's the Your Name guy...
1: And then maybe Mm -hmm. the boy and the beast. I hope they're not the same person. I don't think so. Note this up. Your name. Movie. I think that's a Makoto Shinkai. Am I right? I I think so.
0: Am I right? Um,
1: Uh, I feel like one of the
0: guys is Shinkai.
1: Yeah. So Your Name was directed by Makoto Shinkai, who also did um, Weathering with You, yeah, which is another one. I I still need to see that one as well. And Boy and the Beast, East no is done by Mamoru Hosada. so okay. two different
0: directors. Okay, cool. Um, I feel like those two are kind of they're like getting bi- they're they're big. Obviously, your your name mm-hmm. is huge, um, and I really like and I've seen Boy and the Beast, and I've obviously seen your name multiple times. And the movies I've seen by th- those two have been really powerful,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but they—they they are intense emotionally, and so I liked how words bubble up, which still has like big emotions, but yeah, it was just much quieter and not as um world-shattering.
1: Yeah, it feels—it's <laughs> definitely like more down to like earth.
0: Yeah, I'd say
1: maybe. Um, and I did cry, don't oh, get me wrong. I absolutely
0: <laughs> cried when I was rewatching the end to um, yeah. just hear the little ending haiku again. I was like, well, mm-hmm. oh, I'm crying. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, so this movie is about um, this girl who she's kind of like a, I'd say she's like a streamer. Like she's yeah, like a Yeah, her and her sisters are
0: streamers.
1: Mhm. They're all like professional streamers and they're pretty popular. But she has um, buck teeth. Mhm. Uh-huh. And she's gotten like uh, self conscious about them, so she gets braces. But now she's also like very self conscious about the braces and let anyone see them. So she always wears a face mask uh-huh. when going around so no one can see her her teeth. And then the other character is this boy who's like um, very shy, very quiet. He writes haikus for himself that he posts online that only his mom reads yeah <laughs> and he goes around with like headphones on all of the time um, so and then they meet each other at a mall so most of this movie takes place at a mall yes and they meet each other at the mall and they kind of end up going on this like journey not a journey because they go like Maybe, like, a couple blocks. But they go, they have a mission to find this record for this elderly man. And this record was made by his late wife. And he just wants to hear her voice again.
0: God, that was just (laughs) so beautiful. Um, What I thought was so charming, I mean, besides a lot of things, is the character's name. So the main boy. Mm -hmm. Well, everyone has, like, a nickname, I think, for the most part. Um, The main boy, his nickname is Cherry, because his last name, question mark, is Sakura. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is the cherry blossom trees. And then the main girl, little streamer girl, her name, her nickname is Smile.
1: Cute.
0: Um, so yeah, I think one of the fun bits is Cherry and then later Smile end up working for this, like, activity daycare for elders. Mm hmm. Um, So you get to see uh, like older people just walking about the mall and then they do activities with them where they have to like write haikus and they're going to, I think it's like a big anniversary for this mall in this small town. And so then the mm-hmm. seniors get ready to perform, I think like a traditional dance for the end of the film. And I really liked that component. When I f- was first watching it, I was watching it with some friends and my girlfriend and then when like the old... Older people came on the screen. We were like, God, is this... Is some old person going to get wrecked? Luckily, no no. no. no old people are harmed.
1: <laughs> no old people are harmed in the making of this
0: video. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I, I really liked that. It felt like such a cute, quaint, small town. Um, there's a very wily boy who will... I, he's half Japanese, maybe half Spanish
1: um yeah they don't specify like they specify that his parent like his dad speaks spanish yeah and he really struggles with he can speak japanese but he can't write it so he's really struggling to learn how to write it so they hang out on the roof of the mall yes and he's just like tagging everything like all over the roof all over town he's like writing cherries haikus trying to write those out
0: (laughs) i know it's so cute and the boy's name in, I feel like in the subtitles, they called him Beaver, but then when I went to Wikipedia, his name is Bieber.
1: It could be either, because, like, the um, the way it's, like, spelled out is be-ba,
0: oh. which because
1: there's no, like, V noise in Japanese, so it could be either. Okay. <laughs> the official subtitles say beaver, Um and I feel like there's, like, also, like, the through line of, like, beaver teeth. Oh. <laughs> like... <laughs> So I don't
0: know. That makes more sense because I'm like, this boy doesn't have down bangs. Why is why is this saying <laughs> Bieber? But I don't know if you watched it subbed or dubbed, but in the original Japanese, he's voiced by Gon from Hunter Hunter.
1: Really? Yeah. I
0: was like, wow, this kid's voice is good.
1: Nice. I'm looking at like the list of like voice actors, and I noticed that Maya Sakamoto is um, Cherry's mom. I think. Uh, Oh. And Maya Sakamoto has done like just tons of stuff. Let me find her um, her list of uh, what she has done. I'm like flip, flip, trying to go through her <laughs> her filmography. And it's just oh, like so burr, 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 burr. So many oh, <laughs> she's the dub voice for Padme in Star Wars.
0: Wow! <laughs> As in like this like the Star Wars films?
1: Yeah, she's Padme's.
0: Wow. Okay.
1: That's big. Second. Now I'm, oh, she's, she's the go-to voice for Natalie Portman.
0: Oh, She what?
1: She also voiced um, Jane Foster in Thor The Dark World in an end game.
0: Wow. I guess I never really think about how maybe the same people would have to voice the same actors. Mm-hmm. I'm going to think about that one.
1: Interesting. Now I'm just, like, on a tangent.
0: <laughs> oh. Um, but the film is just beautifully colored. I don't know colors, but everything felt neon or not as extreme neon. Just super, super bright. I love how the cars are animated.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, like, the how cars move felt very what me as a layman would call... Felt more like three D, mm-hmm. and then all oh, like the humans felt very much more like smooth or like what I envision as like your classic animation, which I really yeah, like that vibe.
1: They do some really wild stuff with like um, breaking character models, and then also just like camera angles. Yeah, the opening of the uh, the the movie takes place like it involves like a Beaver beaver, whatever. <laughs> Beaver um, steals a cardboard cutout at the mall, yes. and mall security is trying to chase him down. And um, there's, like, a wild chase scene that, like, has, like, all these wild angles. He's and, like, on all a these, skateboard. Like, fa- He's on a skateboard in a mall. It feels very radical, very 90s. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. It's, it, it really breaks the mold of, like, animation. And once again, I'm going to compare it to Ghibli movies because I feel like that's what's most popular here in America, mm-hmm. like, what Americans know. But Ghibli movies are very similar to Disney movies in that they don't break that mold. But there's so many anime movies that, like, do all this wild, like, um, squash and stretch and breaking character models and yeah, the very saturated color palette. And, like, I'm just glad that we get to see this
0: me too i i i was really blown away um Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and again again obviously i cried but a lot of the anime movies uh animated movies out from japan that i think we get in the states um and maybe i don't know what variety they have but they're Mm -hmm. just so sad sometimes or like there's such a sad underline I, like i love your name and i've surprisingly seen it more than once as much as i love <laughs> the film and i know what happens, so i'm like okay it can't be that brutal i know the big reveal but then it wrecks <laughs> you
1: every damn it time wrecks ev- every time like it, there's like this feeling that like anime and there are a lot of anime movies that are sad y- yes but we just get the sad ones Yeah. We just get the sad ones. And it's nice that this one, there's, like, a moment of stress, but it's not that sad.
0: Yeah. And again, I cried, but mostly from the sincerity. And Mm -hmm. I do like it when things... I'm a sucker for things. You see the characters a few years later, and then it wraps Mm -hmm. up that way. But I liked how it was, like, this was a summer of fun. These are teenagers. It's sad that, like, you might have to part or move on but it was nice
1: Mm -hmm. yeah you don't really know how it wraps up Mm -hmm. and you don't really need to know
0: (laughs) no and i think this film did that great uh Mm -hmm. no future was rewritten even if it was for the best so that was cool
1: yes i love
0: your name everybody (laughs) it's just so epic
1: (laughs) Yeah, I didn't expect going into your name. I didn't expect the like super, like not supernatural, the sci fi elements of it. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was like, no, what now? The town, what now? Ex- years ago, no. <laughs> Everybody's dead? What? Who?
0: And Boy and the Beast <laughs> is also like exceptionally epic, even though it ha- that has like some extra fun elements because you have animal people. But then towards the end, you're like, holy shit this is a lot and again that one has a happy ending for the most part bittersweet I haven't ending seen
1: that one but it's really good um, wolf children by the same guy yeah i've not really seen awesome. that one yet oh that one's so rough god in a good way but oh my god it hurts like it starts out hurting and then like as it progresses you're just like oh things aren't gonna resolve well are they <laughs> oh that has oh, no. me scared I know it's a lot. <laughs> We're like, "Oh, cute little wolf kids!" Wow. <laughs> oh no. <laughs>
0: oh, maybe I like this because um, this didn't surprisingly have a fantastical element.
1: It did. The, some of the animation is fantastical. Mm-hmm. Like, there's this like effect that they do on the streetlights where they look like stars, and it's like really cool. Um, but it's not. There's not like anything fantastical about it. It's just like it's summer. It's at a mall
0: <laughs> yep
1: that's about it um but i think this was a really good movie to watch because summer is like starting to end we yeah. watched this about in the same time period that this movie takes place
0: we did
1: yeah i was like watching i was like oh this is like an end of summer fest oh and some oh <laughs>
0: wow that makes. We well, did it not feel plan like that just... no wow i'm really impressed with us mm-hmm good for us
1: uh And I love malls. No one knows this about me. (laughs) It was nice to see a mall thriving. Yeah, this mall it's like in the middle of nowhere. It's like in a field. Um, so it's kind of become like this like social hub, you get the feeling. There's a dentist in this mall.
0: Yeah, a dentist, again like the senior citizen daycare. The mall, which is a component of the story, used to be before it was a mall, used to like print records or had a store that would print Mm -hmm. records. Which I thought, I was like, wow. What I also liked about uh, this film is because it's just, like, end of summer story, it's in a mall, it felt really inspiring to also, like, want to write a story or something that was just as, like, mundane in the sense where this takes place at a mall. And these are, like, the quirky characters at the mall.
1: Because there are a lot of quirky characters hang out at the mall. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I think the mall is, like, a great hub for storytelling because, like, you have, like, all of these people, like, all close to each other. You can literally have, like, a friend that, like, works over at this store and, like, sneaks you snacks or something. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot of potential. And I think, like, I know there was, there was that cartoon on Nickelodeon called 16 where it was, like, about oh, yeah. a bunch of teens in a
0: mall. I enjoyed um, that show.
1: Yeah. It was, like, very just, like, slice of slice life lifey. It could have gotten a little more kooky, I feel, with the concept. But that's just, that's just me. Um... <laughs> weekenders also oh, yeah. they just hung out at the mall every weekend so that was like a major hub and weekenders was a little more kooky i really liked the tone of that show
0: me too uh i want to call the guy tito but i don't know what his rem- tino is that oh the yeah, tino.
1: yeah he would tino. break the
0: fourth wall
1: yeah he would just before deadpool <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah yeah um but yeah and they would like
1: Yeah, they would just, like, play on, like, how he would break the fourth wall, and, like, sometimes characters would notice, and sometimes they wouldn't, and it was, it it was just a very good show.
0: It really was. I wonder if we'll get to the point, I'm like, what will be the new mall? Do people still hang out at the mall?
1: I don't really think they do. I think, like, you can't really hang out, at least here, you can't hang out at a mall, because, like, you can't really be a teen, I, I don't know about Grand Rapids, but I know in Flint, you can't be a teenager at the mall, because they kick you out. Oh. yeah. Like, uh, there were times I would be, like, you know, when I was, like, in my 20s, I'd be, like, hanging out with friends, like, going shopping, and I would get carted by security. What the hell? Mm-hmm, because teens can't be in the mall. <laughs> uh,
0: I know mall security over here can be really weird. I have not encountered carding experiences. Yikes. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, I do know my friend Ty, who was in a Misty cosplay. Ty's, like, a... Th- You've seen Ty. Yes. Ty- Ty's a very tall guy um at that time he was very well he's still muscly but he's very muscly guy um pasty red <laughs> uh he was in a misty cosplay so he had like short shorts they weren't too short and then he had like a little tank top on and the mall security asked him to leave
0: <laughs> what yeah okay okay
1: and that was in grand rapids so that's on <sighs> midwest
0: home i mean west michigan homophobia
1: mm-hmm truly
0: but um, i hope i hope teens can hang out at the mall in peace or people can hang out in short shorts and a tank top in peace one day at a mall
1: yeah well, malls were originally created to be like almost a replacement for like the central hub of a town because like that was kind of going away and like people were in suburbs so there wasn't like a place to gather and like oh. have like events and talk to people so like that was the original plan for the mall was that it would like kind of become this hub. Um, but then as time goes on, like security gets more like um, kicks teens out. They can't hang out. Like malls aren't doing well, like business wise. Like, so that that's kind of gone away. We still have mall walkers.
0: Yes. It's
1: just so many mall walkers are funny. Cause like they don't move out of the way. They just keep walking. You have to get out of their way.
0: You must.
1: They will also like walk into like a corner and then walk back out of the corner to get those steps. in. It's yeah.
0: So funny. <laughs> Where is that anime movie of following a mall walker? <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Put that in our back pocket.
1: Mm-hmm. You're just gonna just gonna um that one away. Um. One like second I have a hangnail.
0: <laughs> <laughs> one second <laughs> Uh. <laughs> so haikus and. Is like a big thing in the film because Cherry, that's how Cherry like kind of summarizes his day, how he gets out his feelings, and he just likes to do it. And in his phone case, he carries around a little dictionary. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: I like how word meanings play such a role in the film. Like again, Cherry because of his last name, smile because I probably, she always had buck teeth and she has a little phrase that's Smile for me is what she says, mm-hmm. and what I thought was so neat is, so we mentioned an old man, and he just wants to listen to his late wife's record that he can't find, and the title of her single is called Yamazakura, which, mm-hmm. if I'm remembering correctly, is the name of like the specific cherry blossom trees in this town,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but also. It's a cute name for people with buck teeth.
1: Yeah, which is also what the um, the old man's wife had. Yeah, I thought that was so so
0: precious. And yeah, so the late wife and smile are both dealing living with buck teeth, and Mm -hmm. so Cherry ends up writing uh, the most one of the most romantic pieces of writing I've ever heard in my life (sighs) called Yamazakura. And Yama Zachra represents smile in this poem. So, it's so good. So good. Oh, and Cherry's super shy, so
1: mm-hmm.
0: him reading out loud his poetry is a pretty big deal.
1: Yeah, he never could read any of his poetry, no. not even to just, like, the elderly people I know. <laughs> he was hanging out with. He was just like, I can't read to anyone. I can only tweet... I can only tweet. His mom was funny, though. She, he was just like, Mom, can you stop liking my haikus? And she was just like, Oh, but someone has to. Okay. I know!
0: <laughs> Such a good diss. Yeah. I also like seeing parents. They not really do uh-huh. much, but they played their parts.
1: You get, like, a very distinct sense of, like, the differences between their parents. You learn, like, a lot about them from, like, this just very brief scene. So, like... With Cherry, like, the dad comes home, and you can tell that he's very busy, and he's a little stressed out, and he doesn't see them very often. Mm-hmm. It's, like, mostly just through, like, implied dialogue. It's, like, pretty, like, a pretty masterful, masterful, like, way of um, just letting you know, like, who they are. <laughs> yeah,
0: I really like that. And then seeing, like, mm-hmm. smiles parents where the dad is very much kookier, and he has the buck teeth. Mm-hmm. And then...
1: The parents, the mom having to be like, you cannot stream at the table. Yes.
0: <laughs> yeah, I loved that. And then the sisters, I think Smiles, the middle chat. the middle sister mm-hmm. was the vibe. The older sister probably had glasses, as mm-hmm. older siblings do in anime and animated films. And in real life, mm-hmm. I guess, do. And then <laughs> the younger sister uh probably had pigtails but i think also was like super smart yeah i just liked uh-huh. out all the characters
1: yeah everyone was like had a lot of characters had very little moments but they were like their characterization was very distinct so you felt like you knew them yeah um there's this guy named tough guy yes. who, like you get a sense like he loves his car he loves his big stupid orange garfield cat <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah
0: Everything just tied together.
1: Yeah, it was really good. I think it's just like a brilliant um, feat of storytelling because it—it's mm-hmm. not long. It's very—it's pretty short. I don't know how long, this, but it felt like really short.
0: Yeah, it's probably just shy of an hour and a half, but that like mm-hmm.
1: includes the credits. Yeah, and it just like did a very effective job of letting you get to know all of these characters without being like overly heavy-handed or anything it was like through actions through interactions it's great form
0: of storytelling i love this film i honestly would
1: give it a 10 out of 10 Mm -hmm. i had a great time um i watched it and then immediately i told dante about it and then dante watched it and was like this is great and i was like yeah "Yeah, this is great yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. anyway (laughs) long story short go watch um do we have anything else we want to say about it
0: um i think that's all i had in my little notes mm-hmm. um the film came out in 2020 so it's a pretty new film
1: yeah oh one thing i did notice um so it was like this distri- i don't know if it was distributed or made by this company called flying dog it yeah was, like, specifically like flying dog like 10th anniversary which isn't I like saw. super weird for like Yeah, isn't super weird for animation studios to, like, have, like, anniversary films or anniversary things. Like, all of the Digimon movie are, like, toy anniversary (laughs) celebrations. But I looked more into, like, what Flying Dog was. um, And Flying Dog is actually a record company. What? Yeah. Um, Which is probably why, like, I noticed, and I told you about this, before like, one of the records that they pick up is a real record by um, Tatsuro Yamashita, um we're big fans of him yeah i was just like wait a second i know that <laughs> immediately um and then also I, I noticed while i was watching that cherry's headphones were like actually jvc branded headphones and the reason for that was that flying dog is a subsidiary of victor entertainment which is um jvc
0: wow i mm-hmm. honestly have chills that it, it all it all ties in they even tied it in records in. wow
1: yeah, so there were probably other records that we just didn't recognize that were also real records that people in Japan would recognize.
0: I love that. This film yeah. is
1: 11 out of 10 now. Wow. 11 out of 10. That's probably also why um, there's like a scene where they're next to like a coffee vending machine, like a canned coffee vending machine, mm-hmm. and instead of being like the actual like brand of canned coffee, that exists in japan like boss coffee it was like a freddie mercury coffee <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs>
0: yeah wow
1: this is a masterpiece yeah this movie is really good and paloma i'm very glad you recommended watching it i really liked it 10 out, 11 out of 10 yay yeah <laughs> well that was a that was a great last bit yeah i learned I something god <laughs> mm-hmm yeah Well, I think that's it. Paloma, do you have any parting words?
0: Um, Enjoy the sunshine. Get yourself a Baja (laughs) Blast if you can handle that level of sugar and caffeine. (laughs) And thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, thanks for coming on, Paloma. I miss you. I miss you. (laughs) We're going to watch Phantom of Baker Street on Wednesday. (laughs) Yay! Paloma hasn't seen it. Paloma's like one of my only friends I haven't been watching. (laughs)
0: i'm excited it's a conan movie everybody in case you didn't know
1: yeah we did an episode of oh yeah <laughs>
0: real fans now
1: real fans real fans of Shinom, know it's got gay jack the ripper it's got shinichi's dad it's got oh, shit cyber chase elements
0: <laughs> heck yeah i love me some cyber chase
1: right And specifically, I guess I mean both Cyberchase the PBS show and Cyberchase the Scooby-Doo movie. (laughs) Oh! (laughs) I don't know which one you thought I was talking about. And I realized, oh, I mean both. (laughs) I love that. Except for the the math. There's no... Well, wait. No, there's no math in this one.
0: (laughs) I'll look for the math in it. I'll see the math in it.
1: (laughs) All right, goodbye, everyone! Bye, everybody! Bye. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of Secret Histories of Nerd Mysteries. Our music was provided by Estoranza Garay Negron, and you can find their music on Bandcamp at knifenun.bandcamp.com. Our introduction was voiced by Cafe3G. You can find him under that handle on Twitter and Instagram. This podcast is a part of the Nacellecast Podcast Network. You can find us at Nerd Mysteries on Twitter. The show is edited and produced every week by the amazing host, Brenda. And as a reminder, please, please, please... For listening up the podcast, throw us a five-star review. Helps to show it a lot. Tell a friend about the show. And until next time, historians, see ya.